Constance. And I'm Lucinda. And together in our Kids Love podcast, we're looking at how laws affect children as we grow up. So what are we going to look at in this episode, Alma Constance? Well, from stories in the news, I know that people can sometimes be bullied online for saying things that other people don't like. Now, I would like to know more about laws that affect expressing our thoughts and views. Part of being human is that we like to talk about what we think with other people, to find out their views and share and discuss things that interest us or about problems that need solving. We are allowed to express our views, but there are laws too which govern what we can say in order to protect the rights of others. We know that the internet and social media is part of all of our lives, and this includes the way we get news and information about what's happening in the world. So technology plays a big role now in the way it can shape how we form our own views. Let's talk to Susie Allegre, a leading human rights barrister at Doughty Street Chambers and a deputy High Court judge. She has been a pioneer in looking at digital human rights and has written a book, Freedom to Think, about the impact of artificial intelligence on the human rights to freedom of thought and opinion. Hello, Susie. Thank you so much for joining us on our Kids Love podcast. Please, can you tell us why we need laws to protect how people express their views online? And why has this become such an important topic? Thanks so much for having me on. And it is a really important topic uh, for children and for adults. We all live so much of our lives online these days, particularly having gone through the pandemic, when sometimes it seems like the only way we can communicate with other people is online. And so much of the way we talk to each other and relate with each other happens online. But it's often very difficult to understand how the online world works. We get our information normally. If you read a book, you just read the words on the page, you think about them, you might read it out loud or you might read it in your head. Everyone who reads that book reads the same words. When you go online, we all get very different information and very different words that are being sent to us based on the way that the technology companies think we think. And so what that means is that sometimes technology can be used to make people feel targeted, to make people receive a lot of messages that they wouldn't necessarily receive in the real world. And that can make people feel bullied. And it can also be used as a way of making people feel bad online or for changing the way people think. And so what we need in the online world is ways to make sure that we get the information that we need, that we can rely on the information that we get, and that we can be sure that we're safe and protected in the worlds that we live in online. Children nowadays grow up with mobiles and technology. Where has the way we use technology become a problem we need to be aware of if we want to share opinions with others? There are two things about the way we use technology. One is the way it makes us communicate. So with things like social media, you're always wanting to share what you're thinking. You might be posting things all through the night, you might not think about the consequences of what you're posting or who might see it. But the other thing about the way we use technology is that our devices, our phones, our tablets, our computers are monitoring us all the time. 
they're watching what we do all the time. And they're using that information to get pictures about who we are. And those pictures about who we are on the inside that are taken from all the time we spend on our technology, all the time we carry our phone around in our pocket, can be used to decide what kind of information we should get and how we should be treated. And that happens online, but it also happens in the way we might be treated eventually in the real world. Can you tell us some examples of how online technology has affected what we think? The way we receive information online is very personal. So technology companies sometimes identify, for example, that somebody might be feeling sad or might be feeling vulnerable because of the way they're looking at information online or how they're behaving in the real world. And they use that information then potentially to exploit people. For example, you might find that you're feeling a bit down, you're having a bit of a bad time. The technology company understands that and uses that information to send adverts to you with things that might seem to make you feel better. And those things aren't necessarily good for you. So what you can see is sometimes children or or adults who are having a hard time being targeted with things like gambling adverts, which children aren't allowed to gamble. But because of the way that the information flows go, they might suddenly start seeing things that make gambling or other things that are going to be very bad for them look cool and look interesting and look like something that's going to make them happier or more popular. And all of that is part of a cycle. So it's the information that's being taken from you in how you use your devices. And that's being used to work out what information to feed you and to make you think and behave differently. Are there any laws that protect our thoughts? Yeah, absolutely. So the way law works, we have laws in this country that protect us from each other and protect our human rights more generally. But those human rights are based on international laws. So those are laws that apply all around the world to everyone. International human rights law explains what rights you need to be human, what rights all of us need. And in international human rights law, we have a right to freedom of thought, we have a right to freedom of opinion, and we have a right to freedom of expression. And when you think about it, as we've been talking today, the right to freedom of thought, what goes on inside your head when you're thinking, is very much connected to what you say and what you talk about and how you talk to other people. Also connected to how you get information, what you read, what you listen to. And all of those parts, so freedom of thought, freedom of expression and freedom of information, work together to allow us to make our own ideas, to come to our own opinions, to have our own views. But the different aspects of those rights are dealt with differently. When you say something, if you say something terrible about someone else, you might destroy their rights, you might discriminate against them. And if you do that when you're talking, then your right to free speech can be limited. So you're not allowed to promote hatred against other people by your words. But what goes on inside your own head before you say anything is protected absolutely. So we have this right 
to form our ideas, to get information, to get the information we need to talk to other people in order to decide what we think. But that right to freedom of thought has three parts to it. First part is no one can force you to say what you think. You can think what you like in your own head. If you act on it or you say what you think, then there will be consequences. They might be good, they might be bad. But while it stays inside your head, it's protected by law. Absolutely. The second part is the right not to be manipulated. And so when we get information, we need reliable information to make your own viewpoint and to make our own opinions freely. We get influenced by other people, but we have a right not to be manipulated, not to be taken advantage of because of what's going on inside our heads. And the third part is that you shouldn't be punished for your thoughts alone. So you might get into trouble if you say something awful. But if you think something awful very quickly and you never do anything about it, that is something only for you inside your own head. What do you think needs to happen to reduce these problems? I think we need laws that deal with the problems that we see with technology that are things we haven't dealt with before. One of those things is about controlling the way we see information, making sure that if somebody says something mean online, that's not going to get spread much faster and much further than somebody saying something nice online. And we need laws that make sure that what's going on inside our heads can be private. We need laws that say it's not okay to be monitoring people all day, every day, to make them think differently. And we need those laws in this country and we need those laws around the world. Have you ever worked with children or young people? I have. One of my first jobs after university, before I became a lawyer, I was an English teacher in Spain working with small children. And I've worked on children's rights issues as a human rights lawyer. Most recently, I worked with a fantastic children's rights organisation, uh, the Five Rights Foundation, drafting what was called the Child Online Safety Toolkit, which is trying to help governments to understand what laws they need to make children safe online. And then in my personal life, I've also spoken a lot to children uh, about human rights, including uh, my own daughter, who's the same age as you, talking to her school, which is a rights-respecting school, I'm very pleased to say, uh, about the importance of human rights and human rights defenders and incredible children, including children like Malala, who have put themselves forward to fight for rights in places where their rights are really seriously under threat. What should young people do if they don't like what they see online or if people are being mean to them? What's really important is to understand that the online world is a part of our lives. And another part of our lives is the offline world. And if you don't like what you see online, it's really important to have a trusted adult to talk to and to explain what's going on. Another thing you can do if you're finding that you're spending too much time online and sometimes you can suddenly 
realize that the day disappeared and all you've been doing was sitting looking at a screen. And one of the things that I do in my house is say that there's a time in the evening when all screens are off, including my own. I leave my own phone downstairs from early evening to make sure that I'm not looking at my phone while telling my daughter to get off her screen. And I think it's important to make sure that you have the the contacts and the people that you need to talk to when you see something worrying online. Can you tell us more about your work? My work as a lawyer, as an international human rights lawyer, has mostly been about what the law should be. So I talked about these international human rights laws that apply to everyone around the world. And my job has been in England, but also in other countries, looking at what needs to be done to make sure that those human rights are made real, making sure that people enjoy those rights in their lives, making sure that rights happen, whether it's in a school, whether it's in a court, uh, whether it's online. Talking to governments uh, and talking to people about what human rights mean and what we need to make them happen. I have a question I ask all of our guests. What were you like at 10 and what did you imagine you would be as an adult? When I was 10, I was lucky enough to grow up on a farm and I was pony mad uh, and I also loved writing and I loved talking and I spent an awful lot of time writing stories, reading stories and interviewing my pony about stories uh, in the present and in the past. I absolutely loved history. I wanted to be a writer. That was my plan. I always wanted to be a writer. It's taken me a few years, but I'm really happy that finally I have a book published this year. Thank you so much, Susie, for telling us about your work and explaining about how laws can protect the way we can express our thoughts online. Do you have any final advice for children who want to understand more about this area or about working in law? My advice to children online is to make sure that you always have a foot in the real world and that you always have people that you can talk to about your experiences online. My advice to children thinking about going into law is follow your heart. Do the things that really interest you. And don't worry about where the future will take you. My route into law went through fairy tales and French and teaching English and many other things uh, before I finally opted uh, for a law uh, degree. So if you're interested in justice, there are many ways to get there. And don't worry about the future. And thanks so much, Alma Constant. And well done, Lucinda, for pulling it together. What do you think about what Susie told us? Well, in the online world, we need to be able to rely on information we read and stay safe and protected and not to be manipulated through being targeted by online companies. What goes on inside our own head is completely protected by international human rights law. And that means you have freedom to think what you like, but you can't necessarily say it. I think it was very interesting to hear about the Five Rights Information Organisation and the Child Online Protection Safety Kit.
and to remember to have a balance between screen time and interacting with people in life. I think it was very funny when she talked about how she loved ponies and how she sometimes even interviewed her favourite one. In our podcast, we've been exploring how laws work and affect young people. All of these things can help children understand their rights and responsibilities so they can make informed decisions, not only about their lives, but about voting for MPs who make the laws and understanding how the legal justice system works. It's also important that children know they should be kept safe and that adults must care for them. And Susie says that it's really important in the online and offline world that you can also have a trusted adult to talk to. Remember, if you have any worries, talk to an adult you trust and tell them how you feel. This includes your teachers at school who are there to look after you too. So tell them that you need to talk to them. Keep your questions coming in. Please subscribe, rate and share the podcast with your friends. See you soon in the next episode. Bye. Bye.